Sometimes what you show up for isn't actually where the real gold is. And what I found at PodFest and most every event I ever attend is a lot of the gold is what happens in the halls. You are listening to Amplify Your Success Podcast, episode 287. And today I'm going to take you behind the scenes to some of the hot takeaways and insights from one of the biggest podcasting events. You ready for this? Let's get started. Welcome to the Amplify Your Success Podcast. Get ready to ramp up your revenue, amplify your impact, and make your mark in the world. This is the show for experts, thought leaders, and service professionals who want to shatter their limits and achieve that next level. You're going to find out from other experts and influencers how they made it. Now, let's get Amplified. Hey there, inspired entrepreneurs and business leaders. It's your host, Melanie Benson. And today I'm going to take you behind the scenes to um, a recent event that I spoke at and attended. And if you can't tell, left with a an surprising gift called COVID. <laughs> yeah, I finally, after 27 months, uh, got hit. Um, don't recommend it. But <clears throat> I'm going to push through my crackly voice and stuffy nose today because there's some great takeaways. And uh, I've had several people say, hey, can you do some highlights? Can you tell us what you got? I had a lot of my friends who couldn't travel or didn't want to travel or just couldn't make the timing work <laughs> say, I have FOMO. So let me break down some of the great things that happened. First of all, um, I have to just give a little shout out to Chris Krismosis and his team. You know, it is one of the biggest events in the podcast world. Um, they are very unique in the way they do events. And if you listen to my episode where I interviewed Chris earlier this year about how his events got started, and it's so inspiring, especially if you've ever thought, man, I want to have more of an impact in my industry and I'm looking to... Um, like start something, but you're you're not sure how to get it off the ground, like super inspiring. Um, but one of the things that is just my huge takeaway from this event, and I'll start that here, is first of all, collaboration is the grease that will feed, that just, it makes everything flow. Collaboration is such a powerful force for us entrepreneurs and everything about PodFest, all of the benefits, all of the the way that PodFest is created is rooted in collaboration. So you know that's one of my seven pillars of how to create a thriving business and add another six figures over and over and over again by tapping into other people's audiences. Collaboration is the root of it. As a matter of fact, if you don't have that uh, guide that I published earlier this year, you want to go to amplifywithmelanie.com right now and download that. I also, before I dig into all my great takeaways, I just want to give a shout out to three people. First of all, to Jennifer Hensel of Women in Podcasting. I'll hook her up here in the show notes as well. She is one of my longtime collaboration partners. She, she is one of the most generous spirits. She is a very powerful force for women in podcasting. And she organized an extraordinary day, uh, the first day of PodFest for women in podcasting. And from what we heard from the host, Chris, as well as his wife and several other people who were messaging us that it was the most well-attended track 
of all of the tracks offered. And that just moved all of us because we all uh, did not get paid to be there. We spent our own money to get to the event and to know that we could have that kind of impact on other women who are either creating a podcast or want to grow the reach and the revenue around their podcast. That just meant everything. So big shout out to Jennifer for organizing that. I also want to give a shout out to two of the sponsors of that track because they are amazing. First of all, my friend Zena Mazika, who owns Magic Hour Tea Company, I asked her if she'd be willing to donate some teas to our giveaway bag. So little trick, if you ever have your own event and, uh, and or you're going to partner up with someone like this, we drove a lot of enthusiasm and excitement and interest and kept people in that room all day because we were having fun and we were uh, encouraging people to uh, win these different prizes, uh, one of which was a Riverside mic, shout out to Riverside. Uh, but oh my goodness, like her teas are so extraordinary. I'm actually sipping on one of my favorites. It is the Goddess Green, which is a, a really nice light um, kind of like a florally green. I also love mantra mint, which is uh, has ashwagandha in it, which helps with adrenal burnout and managing uh, cortisol spikes and things like that. But she has this unique way of um, hand crafting teas that meet us more spiritual, more conscious entrepreneurs where we are and to feed our souls and nourish our bodies. So um, thank you to Zena Mazika of Magic Tea, Magic RT and her whole team for shipping out teas for the giveaway bags and these gorgeous tea infusers. So it was the highlight of, uh, or one of the three highlights of the giveaway bags. And thank you. Second or third shout out, I guess now <laughs> is to Vervante Printing, Printing and Publishing. I have been working with them for 18 years. And I uh, reached out to the owner and asked her if she'd be willing to sponsor the bags as well. She sent these gorgeous gratitude journals. I can't tell you how many people came up and said, how do I get one of those? Or um, do, could, do you think they could print on demand for me uh, my card decks or my journals or my books? And I'm like, yes, 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 yes. So um, I will link up both uh, Vervante and Riverside, or I will link up all the information on the uh on the sponsors that I've mentioned here on the show notes. Sorry, still having a little bit of the COVID brain fog. So again, thank you, thank you, thank you to all of the sponsors. I'm just touching the surface here. Now, let me get into some of the takeaways. I go into these events with not necessarily an expectation to learn something new, but an intention to get at least three new takeaways and to meet at least five new collaboration partners. So that's takeaway number one for you. When you go to events like this, whether it's virtual or in person, I want you to explore um, your with yourself, like what is a return on investment I need from this? Now, I was also a speaker, so that changes and skews my takeaways a little bit. But I went in just knowing like once I was done with my track on the first day, I was there as an attendee and I knew I wanted to walk away feeling uh, inspired. I wanted to infuse new thinking and I wanted to activate some new connections because those collab those connections turn into collaborations, which turn into new business, which means I get to meet and serve amazing new clients. So 
here were some of the uh, learning takeaways that I got. Uh, one, there is a podcast for everything. Like I forget because I'm so entrenched in the entrepreneur business world, how much uh, podcasts reach other types of industries. And so true crime is probably at the top in terms of what uh, people are listening to in podcasts these days. But there's also, there's literally a podcast for everything you can imagine. Um, there are 2.8 million podcasts listed on Apple right now as I'm, uh, as I listen to uh, one session hosted by Buzzsprout CEO, Tom Rossi. He did a great uh, keynote on the state of the industry. And here were some, there was a lot of great stuff. I'm not going to unpack all of it here. I'm sure you could go over to Buzzsprout and check out um, their latest stats there. But he talked about social media and what they discovered uh, when they dug into where people are really active on social media and how that relates to uh, one of the marketing strategies for podcasting. So um, just take a step back, podcasts, one of the powerful ways to spread your message about your podcast is to make sure that you're sharing it on your social media platforms. So Tom was unpacking like, where are people active? Because there's, look, there's keeps, continues to be all kinds of new social media platforms emerging right now. And here's what I heard over and over and over again. TikTok is the bomb right now. Now I will be in full disclosure here. I am not on TikTok. I don't have any big plans to be on TikTok. That could change at any time. But right now I am not planning on adding anything else. But what was really interesting is in the segment of lists of social media, active social media users, 12 to 34 years old, TikTok is surging. It's surging in people using it of all age groups, believe it or not, but the biggest uh, growth was in that age segment. So if that is your target market, if you work with young people, if you are uh, working with millennials and people in that um, high school to uh, early adulthood as one of your audiences, this is a key platform for you, A, to share your podcast and B, to build a presence. Here's what else was interesting. Facebook continues to be the most used platform by people in the age group 35 to 54. Now, I know Facebook is um, very, uh, let's just say it's it's got its challenges right now, right? And if you are having Facebook presence, if you have a Facebook group, you know the algorithm changes continue to challenge us to reach our clients and to serve them well. And Interestingly enough, when you, one of the conversations has been like, should we go to discourse or WhatsApp or, you know, Google chat or whatever? Like, is there another platform where we could better connect with our audience? And because Facebook continues to be most used by that primary uh, segment of users, it continues to be the best place to connect just means you got to learn how to really work Facebook if that's going to be your age group. But here's some uh, interesting growth opportunities. Instagram is number two. Okay, so Instagram again is now competing with TikTok with Reels. And, uh, you know, if you're going to be on Instagram, Reels continues to be the area to focus. But here's what might surprise you. And 
I was excited to hear this because I'm seeing this as well as Twitter was number three. Oh my gosh, did your mind just blow right now? <laughs> did it melt? Are you like, no, not Twitter. I don't get it. I'm going to be doing some more on Twitter. As a matter of fact, uh, we're going to be dropping a blog post real shortly about how to leverage Twitter because Twitter actually is profoundly powerful to reach media, to grow your podcast, and to build connections for collaboration and that turn into clients. I, I get so much value out of Twitter. And as a matter of fact, one of my uh, star clients, we've been building a platform for her on Twitter because it's her number one platform. So don't dismiss Twitter. And if you're not there, consider tapping back in. Now, let me get to a second thing, a pillar that really emerged as a as a pivotal conversation. And uh, my friend, Allison Melody, and her lawyer, um, Ash, I can't remember her last name, but I'll look, hook it up here on the uh, show notes. They did a talk, uh, a keynote talk about censorship. And I, I'm not going to dig too deep into this, but what I wanted to share out of their talk that I found illuminating because some of my clients are, um, you know, they're, they're covering some more edgy topics, you know, they're wanting to have conversations about things that matter. And in in light of the last three years with the political environment, uh, you know, the environment and, you know, what we're dealing with with COVID, there's a lot of people that their true passion and desire is to share what they've learned. And it's controversial. So here's what came out of that keynote that I think is worth sharing. Um, one, a very practical thing is to recognize that you have to take responsibility for your data. Okay, so many of us are just kind of like publishing on third-party applications and platforms, and we're not taking ownership of our own data. And even if you are publishing on your own website and you have your own WordPress and everything like that, you can still um, have problems with your data. So take ownership of backing everything else, I'm sorry, everything up routinely, whether that's once a week or once a day. And not doing that leaves you very vulnerable. So for, for a multitude of reasons beyond, beyond censorship. Secondly, make sure to have, if, especially if you are um, covering some more controversial or um, innovative principles, know where your primary vendors stand, especially if they control the distribution of your information. Okay, a little backstory. My friend lost uh, her, her um, membership platform and email provider basically canceled her one day without any warning and left her just in a state of chaos. And what she learned is that if she had had more of like a proactive conversation, she would have understood where their line was. Now, again, this is not ideal, but we've seen a lot of this over the last uh, year and everybody's got an opinion and everybody's got a very strong belief system. Some platforms all the way from podcast platforms to uh, membership sites to email uh, providers, they have a line about what's acceptable and what's not. If you read your terms and conditions, which who does, right? <laughs> but if you read those terms and conditions, you will discover that they have the right to do that. And usually they reserve that for people who are very extreme, but these rules are getting a little gray. So know what the rules are, 
read your terms and conditions. And if it's not crystal clear, have a proactive conversation. Okay. This is where we have to take ownership of our domain, what we can control. And so you can be prepared for worst case scenario, but also uh, know where those lines are. All right, the third big pillar that came out of this, and I'm going to highlight mostly what came out of our women in podcasting track, and I'll highlight the people that brought these concepts into play, uh, monetization. So I was on a monetization panel, and I did a breakout session on my favorite way to monetize, which is being a guest expert on other people's podcasts and stages. Um, that is my hottest way to collaborate. It's my hottest way to to drive um, ideal potential clients into my realm from other places. And it works over and over and over again. But there are also other ways to monetize. And again, not everybody has a client-driven podcast. So here were four things that came out of the monetization track. Number one was sponsorships. There were so many questions about this. We probably could have done a a whole track on sponsorships. But um, the one takeaway, there's there's millions of ways to do sponsorships and the traditional ideas. You get a vendor to sponsor your podcast. And Alice and Melody had some great advice here. She's doing a lot with sponsorship uh, training right now. Don't just rely on your downloads as a measure of your reach and impact. So this big advice was just changed my thinking. And that is sponsorships. You can actually touch all of your collateral powerfully with a sponsorship. So think about what I did at the beginning of this episode. We had sponsors who, you know, there was about 80 or 90 people in and out of our room all day. But I wanted to give a bigger reach to the sponsors that I personally coordinated with for women in podcasting. So what did I do? I just gave them another shout out here and I'm giving them a shout out on my email list and I'm doing some highlights and spotlights on my social media. So I'm taking what was 90 people promised, but now giving them access to over 50,000 eyes and ears throughout all my different platforms, right? So sponsorships don't just have to be met, you know, like the value of them doesn't have to just be measured by your um, podcast downloads. So big mindset shift there. Uh, Secondly, package your podcasts on pay to play platforms to monetize. So this was a gem from Katie Kremotsis. I just love her. She's Chris's wife, uh, the founder of PodFest, but I've known her for years. She invited me to her very first podcast, which was uh, way before I knew what I was doing on anything. And she has kind of been like moved into this foyer of taking her meditation podcast, the best performing ones. And then she has partnerships with pay to play meditation apps where she takes those, uh, meditation episodes that do well. And she redistributes them in bundles to these paid platforms where she gets a percentage of the sale. So another out-of-box way to think about how to repackage and repurpose what's working in one uh, platform and move it to another platform. So there's so many different ways you could do that from um, gated content to um, like taking your uh, podcast and have a premier level that people pay to access more premium quality content. So lots of options there. 
Third, build a micro community around your podcast. This was Jennifer Hensel. Uh, she has done that with women in podcasting. Brilliant strategy. And it's a paid strategy. Sorry, it's a paid micro community. But micro basically means it's not like $100 or more. I think she charges like $100 a year uh, versus $100 a month or more. So again, just a slightly different variation of how to approach it. And then last, I'll give a little shout out to my friend Kimmy Seltzer of the Charisma Quotient. Uh, she like and I both have major um, client uh, clients that come through from our own podcast. And she talked a lot about how she does it. And basically every single call to action on her podcast is a consult opportunity. And that's how she does it. You know how I do it because you listen. <laughs> All right. What else? I promised you at the beginning that some of the best value isn't necessarily from what happens in the room. It's what's happening outside of the room. And as usual, I found just such an extraordinary, rich, new um, community to cultivate and connect with. And I, I left with hundreds of people to connect with. So if you're listening, I will be reaching out now that I'm getting on the other side of this bug. But don't just sit in the room and expect all the magic to happen. And I know some people are more introverted, um, being uh, outgoing and just walking up to people may be the most terrifying thing you ever do. Like I see you, I get it. It might surprise you to know that I'm not the most outgoing person by nature. I can get very overwhelmed in a crowd, but I have strategies that work for me. And here's what I did. First of all, I did several posts in my social media say, hey, if you're going, I there's a group for this community and I posted there. If you're going, hey, give me a little shout out. Let me know you're going to be there so we can be intentional about connecting. So instead of trying to find people in over thousand uh, attendees, we were making connections on social media and saying, hey, I know you're there, or people knew I would be there. And if they wanted to reach out and connect to me, they could put my face together with somebody walking down the hall. Secondly, uh, know where the influencers are hanging out. Here's a little insight. They focus on having fun. And if you move into the having fun energy and you look for where people are having fun, then you will find those influencers who you probably aren't going to get to activate a conversation with you on social media. So um, I, you know, we know people hang out in the bar. Uh, there was a couple of times we were out by the pool and we ran into people. Uh, they hosted networkings and karaoke parties, which is probably how the super spreader thing kicked off. Um, but when you go to those events, the, it's almost like the connection momentum exponentially is off the hook. I went to uh, kind of an after party at uh, a bar with some of the friends that I'd made there. And I met people that I know about, but had not yet ran into. And guess what? When they're in that environment, they're not, oh, I'm I'm like presenting today and my head's in that space. They're in a fun mode and the conversations are radically different. And one of the great things you should do, and my new friend, Kat Stancic, Kat Stancic of The Lead Boss will tell you, 
be with somebody who isn't afraid to walk up and talk to new people and will introduce you. So I've had somebody I've known a little bit online. We've had a couple of very brief uh, engagements. I really appreciate who she is. I made a point of reaching out to her and saying, I appreciate something that's shared, but we never moved it past that. But we both knew we were there. I literally came down the elevators, ran right into her. We started talking. We spent an entire day hanging out and she's like, oh my God, I'm hanging out with you the whole time. Like you, you, you're great. You're a great like, um, connection activator. Cause I just kept introducing her to new people. And then she would introduce me to people who she had met separately. And that is a great way to show up at an event. Find a buddy who's a little bit different energy than you and you guys do your magic together. Last little tip here. And by the way, you'll be seeing Kat on um, Amplifier Success real soon. She just is amazing and I can't wait to share her with you. Last little tip here, get to know the vendors. So almost always at an event, there is a vendor hall, an exhibit hall. These people are paying to be at an event And oftentimes, a lot of the cost of the event is offset by their generosity, their presence there. So first of all, you're helping the entire event, the ecosystem of the event, uh, by attending the exhibit hall and getting to know the vendors. But here's the other little thing. You have no idea how many times those vendor relationships are going to come back as value for you. First of all, almost always they've got some kind of special at the event. Secondly, um, there are things that can emerge when you take the time to bond with them in their exhibit room or at least start the connection and move it on. I was walking down the halls, ran into somebody who was attending a booth um, for my friend Michael Neely. His name is Mark Porteous. And we have been kind of dancing on social media for a really long time, but it never landed anywhere. We had so many great conversations and so many powerful opportunities are emerging from that conversation. I also found, you know, people that I are my vendors going and putting my face with them would emerge other opportunities that would never have happened on email. So take some time to get to know the vendors and the speakers. Now, not all of them will make themselves accessible, but most of them are there to build connections. They're there because they're trying to build up you know, sales or relationships, and they're open to collaboration as well. So this is the time to do it, not when everybody's back in the office and busy. On a personal note, I'm going to just wrap up with this takeaway. I know it's been a little bit longer episode, but I hopefully have just dropped some power gems for you. I have found going back to the networking and recognizing that the connections are what I think makes these kinds of events worth it. I, I invested three or $4,000 to be at that event. And yeah, I've landed a couple clients already, which will probably quadruple that investment. And what I notice is that when you show up real and authentic, that's where people really bond with you. Like, There's a lot of like movement and energy, lots of, you know, fun conversations and stuff. But the people I really bonded with, we had real conversations. We, I I didn't focus on meeting a thousand people. 
remember my intention was on five people. Now, met way more than that. There'll be a hundred plus people that I stay in touch with and grow that reach with. But I focused on five and I had real authentic and oftentimes very vulnerable conversations with them. I've been going through something personally that one person in particular, we just all of a sudden just dropped into it. And I was not afraid to share what was really up for me, but I did it in a very powerful way, not a victim way. And I'm just sharing this because the right people want to have real relationships. And I I literally have left with two new friends that will be friends for my entire life because I lead with that authenticity and that realness. And people are craving that. And it's very interesting that behind the scenes conversations about which people notice and, and address like, oh my God, like, like I feel different around you. So don't be afraid to be real. Don't be afraid to bring your true nature. Don't be afraid to, um, have conversations that matter. You don't always have the bandwidth and the time unless you're, you're actually just walking away from the event for a little while. But in our world right now, People don't want the social media curated version of you. They want the real version of you. And that's where the magic happens. Whether you're on stage, uh, you're walking down the hall, or you're sitting in a seat, or you're on social media, people want real. I'll wrap with that. I'd love to hear if there's a takeaway from you today. Um, Come join us in the Amplifier Authority community and tell me What moved you today? What can you take and put into action? And what was a surprising aha? Thanks for tuning in today, Amplifier. Be sure to join us right now in the Amplify Your Authority community at authorityamplifiers.com. And I'll share my seven proven tips to be a highly paid expert that stands out in a crowded market. Plus, we're going to keep this conversation going. And I want to hear from you how you're going to amplify your authority and make a greater impact. Before you go, please take a minute to give our show and our guests some love over on your favorite podcasting platform. Subscribe, rate, and review. Leave your full name and I'll spotlight you and your authority on social media.